Facebook has just wrapped up the most controversial quarter in its history. Mired in scandals that the social media giant is hoping to put behind them, it now faces an even bigger test in next week's midterm elections. And regardless of who wins, the spotlight is about to get much brighter. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today from San Francisco is Bloomberg tech reporter Sarah Fryer. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Facebook has finally closed the books on maybe its worst quarter in its history. What were the issues facing Mark Zuckerberg's company coming into this? Well, this quarter, it wasn't just about the financials. It was also about the fact that the company has all of these broader problems, right? They have the uh, midterm elections looming uh, just a a bit away next week. Um, You have issues like the security breach that they disclosed in September where 14 million people had very sensitive information exposed and 30 million people had what's called the access tokens to their Facebook accounts taken. Um, All of that was on top of the fact that the main company's the pro- company's main product, the Facebook newsfeed, is, is just slowing in growth. It's, it's so big that it can't really get much bigger from here. And analysts who have sort of baked into Facebook this perpetual growth machine um, are having to come to the realization that really the, the future of Facebook is going to look a lot different. So when you take into account that, that breach uh, of security, of, of user information, and you take in the slowdown in growth. Overall, how was it, though, for, for Facebook? I, I think it was tough for them. I, I think that this year overall has been tough for them. This is a year where their CEO and chief operating officer both had to do testimony in front of U.S. Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been widely scrutinized. You know, they, they released one thing in the quarter that barely got mentioned yesterday. They released this portal device for video chat in people's homes. It got widely panned by critics. This is probably the most innovative hardware thing Facebook has done ever. But when when they announced it, people were just like, who would ever buy, who would ever put a Facebook camera in their home? Mm-hmm. So this company is really dealing with a, a tough amount of public scrutiny. But, but the reason earnings were not as bad as they could have been is we still saw user growth go up. And in the main markets where Facebook makes money, the U.S. and Canada and the, the Europe market, they were still pretty stable in terms of growth. People aren't abandoning this platform the way we may have feared that they would. So people aren't abandoning the platform. It's moving forward. It passed this big third quarter test. But now it looks at a new test next week um, with the midterm elections. And we know they have a war room monitoring misinformation and whatnot uh, when it comes to the buildup to the midterms. So it seems on the surface it's doing a lot to address the concerns of users and, frankly, the concerns of Washington. But how do we know these efforts are successful um, and even meaningful? I think Facebook, you know, the midterms is is going to be a test for the public's trust, but really they're looking ahead to the 2020 election. They know that they don't have the right procedures in place. They know that they're behind on on all this stuff, and and they can roll roll out this mid midterm war room and and say that it's going to be better. But in reality, we are still seeing a lot of misinformation, a lot of manipulation of the conversation happening on Facebook and on properties like Twitter and YouTube. And so, you know, it's going to be tough because they'll be able to get rid of sort of the worst of the worst of this um, kind of discussion, but they're not going to 
tame the the very nature of their platform, which is just a place where stuff that makes people feel something tends to go viral. The word I, I think of when I when you say that is polarization. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, well people are, are going to share things that are shocking to them or that make them happy or angry or make them want to feel like warning their family and friends. And then furthermore, on Facebook, you have all this information. It's coming from your friend, your your uncle, you know, people that you know. And so you look at it differently than you look at information that, say, you get from the the newspaper or um, just looking online yourself. Um, it's really, it's got a personal touch to it. So people are going to take what their friends say seriously. You, you said a few moments ago that Facebook is looking forward to 2020 and, and what that will bring. But we also have to look at what happens after 2016 and, and the whom controls Congress after the midterms. Does it really matter, though, if it's a Republican-held House or a Democratic-held House? Or, or, or is the tech sector in their, in their sights no matter what? I think that the tech sector is in the crosshairs in part because nothing's going to happen. I, I know that's like kind of a cynical thing to say, but, I, you know, th- there has been a lot of public agonizing about tech and privacy and um, a lot of back and forth about what the possibilities there could be and and Facebook is saying, oh yeah, we're happy to work with you on regulation, but my sources within the company say, you know, that's a kind of safe thing to say because you know that there's not actually going to be regulation. Um, There is so much that, that both sides disagree on. One thing that they agree on is that tech needs to be tamed in some way or, or handled in some there, there's there's a problem there but they can't agree on what the problem is you know some people think that it's a privacy issue some people think that tech is censoring content some people think that tech isn't tech companies aren't taking content down fast enough so there's like a lot of disagreements about why the government hates these companies um, and and furthermore they're all they all need to use Facebook advertising Google advertising etc for their own campaigns so are you saying that while 2018 brought um, hearings, but really no meaningful legislation or new regulation, 2019 no. is going to be the same? I, I think, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a pretty safe bet that there will still be um, some, some gridlock on this issue. I mean, what we, what we have seen is movement in Europe. That's where the companies mm-hmm. can look forward to a lot more scrutiny. And if something works out there, then then I think we could we could see it come um, come here. And, and also at the state level, you're seeing a lot of legislation get proposed that um, you know the companies may push for some sort of federal legislation instead, so that they don't have to have different rules they follow state by state. We were talking about polarization just a few minutes ago. And that's something that's really taken center stage in this midterm election. And it's something that will probably continue to grow. What can we learn from maybe Europe, as you were saying, on on how the U.S. can regulate and can control that type of polarization? I think that as much of the sort of posthumous fixing that Facebook and and others do for the content they find on their platforms, it's still just the, the incentives of the very system itself 
the fact that what we talked about just just earlier about how people share content that that excites them in some way and people like to make content that goes viral and not only that but it's very lucrative right it, you can make a ton of advertising money running one of these fake news websites and um, and I think really it's not going to come down to regulation it's going to come down to the platforms finding a way to change the incentives for creating that content in the first place are there any platforms that you cover and you cover a handful of them that are making good inroads in in this type of area um, well, one thing that's one of the platforms that I think is, is kind of interesting right now is Snap. There isn't really a whole lot of of misinformation and bot activity on Snap because um, there's no real way to go viral there. So there's no real incentive for that to even happen, and people really only follow those who they want to follow. Um, so it, it's just a very different world um you know instagram is interesting because we don't really hear a lot about the problems that they have they're kind of hidden behind hashtags um in in deep in the depths of the platform again they don't have a way to share content um but there certainly are still terrible things happening there Mm -hmm. it's just not coming to the surface the way it does on facebook and twitter i don't know whether that's better or not you know, I mean, when we look at Facebook's um, third quarter report yesterday, you know, we saw revenue jumped 33%. Um, we saw the user, a monthly act- active users was at about 2.27 billion, which is up 10% from last year. And you have to ask, what incentive does Facebook have to get better if polarization is seemingly good for business? Well, I think we're not seeing a lot of downsides to the way that that things have gone so far, except for all of the bad publicity and, and also the employees are very concerned now about the company's impact on the world. The Silicon Valley is a place where a lot of people like to work for companies that are mission based and have a good impact on the world, or at least are able to market themselves in that way. They like to, you know, sort of tell their friends they work somewhere that they're proud of. I feel like every company, every place is is like that. Um, And if people don't like working on things that they think are harmful to society, then, you know, that might help change things too. So change might not come from without, but it might actually come from within. It might. Sarah Fryer, thank you. Thanks for having me. Make sure you follow Sarah and her reporting on Twitter. She's at Sarah Fryer. That's a TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.